Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. I don't have it. We'll get it. Well, Bingy did not. Um, I'm not so sure about the salmon pretzels or whatever these things are, but he makes a really good chocolate chip cookie. Thank you, Mr. Engbritson. Uh, <clears throat> the Ingi experience. I uh, I can't find it, Matt. Okay, I'll track it down for. I'm gonna go look uh, before I'll go look in my mailbox. Say. A lot of Christmas notes. Christmas theme is what you were talking about last hour. Do you recall a few years ago the caller who called and was complaining that people were looking at his Christmas light display? Yes. Which I, I found improbable. That, 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 In other words, he turned them off rather than tolerate the people coming to enjoy them. Right. And he claimed he didn't intend. It was out in Maple Grove, right? It was. He didn't intend for people to enjoy the work. He said he did it for his own child. And he grew frustrated with the fact that people came to uh, enjoy his lights, so he shut the whole thing down. Do you recall that? Uh, Maybe you do. I got it. You do? All right. Uh, uh, his name was Lou, but here we go. This was his original call. Lou? Yeah, this is Lou. Lou, you're on. Mr. Sushere, how are you today? Good. Fine. Listen, uh, I, I'm wondering if you might help me with a little something. All right. I'm wondering why people feel that they are entitled to lighting displays on private homes. What? Yeah. Well, I want to know why people think that they're entitled to drive down the street and stop in front of my house and look at my displays. Well, they're public roadways. The taxpayers pay for them. They have every right in the world to drive by and, and look at the lights. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, exactly. Because I'm, I'm finding it very irritating. And, uh, uh, I mean, Joe, there are literally hundreds of people that don't belong in my neighborhood, they're probably not from my community, that probably are not paying taxes, that are driving by my house watching my lights that I didn't put up for them at all. I put them up for the kids, my children. Where do you live? I live in Maple Grove. Up, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now you're going to try to get me to, to talk about where I live so people come by. No, I, I was just, you called me. I was just wondering. So, what is it? There's, a, there's an extreme entitlement, I feel. These people come by. It's, you know, <laughs> I'm here now in front of my house waiting. I, I haven't had any, uh, any buses or any limousines come by yet, but uh, those are the ones that I know don't belong here. And I, I try to keep them moving, keep them along. You mean you're standing outside now? Yes, sir. 
Well, let me ask you something. Uh, do you have an elaborate display? Well, I don't know if you call it elaborate. Uh, uh, 56,000 lights with uh, reindeer. I've got, uh, you know, I mean, it's a top-notch display, in my opinion. But, uh, it's, I mean, I've seen bigger. <laughs> the, 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 All right. Uh, All right. That's enough. Uh, so we thought the guy was Lou a... was his name. So uh, th- I, I now I remember it, he was mad because um, the tour buses, the limousines, well, were well, using his thing. Did he say to make 66,000? I think he said fifty-six thousand. But here, okay, I have a story from the St. Paul Pioneer Press that was uh, dated today. <clears throat> no, I'm sorry. Yeah, today. Today's the twentieth of yes. December. We can't make stuff up. Not that we made that call up, but we can't. Life imitates art. Right. We've hit a lot of stuff uh, that has uh, no, th- come true. Did you see this? Yes. Um, this is the first thing I thought of was this A this popular guy's call. Twin Cities area residential holiday light display that attracts 500 vehicles on a busy night has been shut down due to rowdy and intoxicated visitors. That's essentially what that caller Lou was talking about five years ago. Right. State-of-the-art technology and months of preparation have made Trista Lights one of the most popular holiday light displays in the Twin Cities. This is in Minatrista. Homeowner Ryan Casper Cook from Diversityville says he and his neighbors have had a problem this year with a new trend of party buses taking tours of residential light displays. Casper-Cook told Care TV that loud, intoxicated guests usually get out of the bus, sometimes walk through the yards, and are generally disruptive. So the display has been shut down. Wow. Isn't that something? And we had this crackpot call us five years ago who had the what I thought was the audacity to complain that people were looking at the lights. What did he expect them to do? Well, and people weren't even at, he wasn't even complaining that people got got out of their cars like they, or the buses like they did in this story in the Pioneer Press today. And here's, here's it's really happening. It's happening. Why are people getting out of there? Cool. Thanks for the heads up, Why are they walking around there? Holy though? mackerel. So they just shut down, they just turned off the lights. Holy snikes, Grandma. Yeah. That's right. Zoics. I, I assume, yeah, it says residential holiday light display. So this was at this was at Casper uh, Dash Cook's house, and I don't blame Cook. If 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 rowdies no. are showing up and and meandering, yeah, you got to well, shut it down. I wish they would call us. Apparently, people like to call us and tell us that they're upset about something. Wow, I'd like to know more of the story. Uh, if the bus pulls over, why are they allowing people to get outside? I can understand somebody being rowdy in the bus going, woohoo! Mm-hmm. But getting out and walking on the lawn, that's... You know why? Uh, why? It's the selfie generation. Yeah, but what are you going to get your picture uh, yeah, taken you're with? Right. The, the because right. people want to right. go stand in front of it, take their picture, and then put it on Instagram. And I have an additional, <laughs> excuse me, mm-hmm. an additional Christmas note that further uh, supports the idea that news gatherers, generally speaking, are in the hysteria business. Okay, that's what they're in. Yeah, creating. They uh, haven't. They they'll. Th- this is a CBS television story out of Philadelphia. Okay. Warning about. The dangers of bringing a Christmas tree into your house 
unless you wash it first. No. Uh-huh. No. Uh-huh. No. What uh-huh. dangers? Maybe some sap gets on the carpet. Mold and bugs and things of that nature. What? And they say, wash the damn thing. <laughs> Where Most of cr- the trees I purchased, if you turned a hose on them, there'd be nothing left. <laughs> it looked like Charlie Brown's right. tree. Researchers. <clears throat> Washing um, is, uh, it's rubbish. It's winter out. Well, it says right here. Uh, real trigger, uh, real trees can trigger an allergic reaction with symptoms that can include wheezing, coughs, congestion, sore eyes, and potentially life-threatening asthma attacks. Leave Oof. it to the news-gathering industry to consider a Christmas tree the cause of a, a potentially life-threatening asthma attack, to which I would add the following. What would you say? If you are that susceptible to a life threatening asthma attack okay then you already have the knowledge not to bring a tree you're into going your artificial you know i my asthma's been worse since that tree came inside you got to be going artificial bro there's very lifelike trees here here's what they recommend to to reduce the risk oh wait you're you're on the last comment you're right if you're if you're that close if you're, if that you're that close cost. to death from right. asthma you ain't bringing no tree in your no house no garland nothing you know what i'm saying I know exactly what you're saying. I know what you're laying down. Am I putting it down? Yeah, bruh. Well, here's what they, here's what CBS, you know, Philadelphia's Channel 4. Right. uh, Amelia and uh, Frankie. And Frankie. Yep. Here's what they're saying in Philly. (laughs) A good shake can get rid of some of the dust and pollen. And again, you give most of the trees I purchased over my life a good shake you got a stump left. Like the one they shook in a Christmas story when he yeah. shakes it and all the uh, needles are on the bottom. That's embolsome. <laughs> uh, so uh, shaking, they want to do that. And then they say, but the branches and trunk can often hold on to other microscopic problems because we're in the news gathering industry and we're not going to let you go with a shake. We're still going to say, but you didn't get rid of it all. You're going to die. Of, of all the You're gonna die. live Christmas trees that we have had, I've never had any bugs or any mold issues. Mm-hmm. What they're allergic to is the mold that settles on the tree during its growing time and arguably sometimes when it's waiting to be sold here on the lot, said Jimmy Cohn, who's a Christmas tree farmer. Jimmy Cohn? Mm-hmm. What's up, Jimmy Cohn? Here, here we go. This is, honest to God, this was reported on television. Okay. Another way to make the tree less likely to trigger an allergic reaction is to give it a bath. <laughs> I uh, get your tree in the backyard and hose it down. No, then you put it in the house and you're good to go. Cohen said, "Are you kidding me?" Now here's another admonition: allergists recommend a thorough spraying of the branches and trunk, and then letting it dry outside for a day. Doctors say another possible allergy issue is the water in tree stands can grow mold. Well, no, the tree is drinking the water daily. So it's not really sitting water. It's always been my job to refill that basin. Ah, same here. I, Crawl under there. And... I couldn't. I I did not like that. And even they they invented that new thing, the the filter. Have you seen that one? No, what? A million dollar idea where it stays in the can, but you uh, you put it halfway up, so you just there's a funnel, but then you can't tell how, how full, full the bottom is. is. So it's not perfect. Oh, you you might. You might want to be careful about getting someone else to add water to the tree because that stirs up the mold that's in that reservoir, said allergy specialist Dr. Albert Gross. 
Well, they found it. How long did they have to look to find a guy? So, so the person in your house who's going to die from the asthma attack, yep. you don't want them changing the water. You get Billy to do it. Ah, so he can mix with the mold. You never... Uh, I don't have that copy you want me to deal no, with. No, well, uh, I'll, I'll bury you. You're going to have to find a different time to... Uh, yeah, don't, don't worry about that. Uh, and you can take us to break. Rational sports station for even the most irrational sports fans. No! 1500 ESPN. We're going to hear later on from the Christmas hotline, too. When you tried to dial the Christmas hotline, oh. hot around Kwanzaa. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trees are racist. <laughs> Trees are not human. They cannot be racist. Who, who says these things? Palm Springs, California. Oh, boy. Uh, the city council in Palm Springs yeah. says it will remove a row of trees dividing a neighborhood and a golf course after residents complain that the trees evoked feelings of segregation and discrimination. Not making it up. No. After a recent meeting with residents of a historically African-American neighborhood, Mayor Robert Moon and other city officials say the tamarisk trees and chain-link fence that run along the Crossley-tracked neighborhood and the Taquitz Creek golf course will be removed, according to the Desert Sun. I think I've played that course, seriously. Mm. I have. I didn't play it. it I played it, not seriously. I played it comically. Gotcha. Many residents previously told the Sun they believed the trees which were planted in the 1960s stemmed from racism Hmm. and had a negative impact on the value of their homes as it cut the homes off from the golf course. I truly believe they were planted to segregate the black neighborhood from the city, from the ritzy community, and that then that shouldn't stand anymore, resident Catherine Fox told the newspaper. Tria Daniel, a real estate agent and a white resident of the neighborhood, was the voice for the community and led the change for Lawrence Crosley residents to voice their concerns to the city. The city council will now have to vote to approve the tree removal, which city manager David Reedy previously told the paper will cost about 169 grand. Uh, he predicts the trees could be gone within the next three months. Uh, all right, I, I read, uh, I became intrigued by this and read deeper into it, found other sources of the story. Mm-hmm. The residents want the trees removed. They might have a plausible argument that they were, I, I'm not I'm not sure they do, but they might have a plausible argument that depriving their, them of a view of the golf course could be uh, injurious to their property values. I don't know. But what they want, after the trees are gone, they want a net put up along whatever number of fairways that would be. Well, isn't that uglier than trees? Yeah, that would be. Wouldn't that be more harmful to property? You want telephone poles jammed in there and then string nets between them? You have a beautiful row of trees. To put an ugly net? Yeah, there's, and then to say that 
And plus, I can't, I did not, I was not able to establish this, but I would imagine there's a road between the golf course and the uh, the Crosley development. Well, then the golf course uh, has some obligation to prevent golf balls from hitting cars, thus the trees, which do that now. Naturally. Or, or if the trees come down, then you got to put the net up. If I was a resident of that area and it came down to trees or a netting, I'd go with the I'd go with the trees. But uh, they are deemed to have been born of racism, segregation, discrimination. So you'd literally have to get yourself into a mindset where you believed that golfers teeing off on whatever fairways those are, ten and eleven, let's say. Uh, were so put off their feed by the prospect of seeing a black person that they demanded <laughs> so, that I'm trees silly. be planted. Yeah. I I would have a hard time getting my mindset in that direction. <sighs> I don't. I can't. I, I think it's a reason, public. I think it's a public course. I think it's a public course. But for real, replacing uh, replacing that with a net is. Have you seen those driving range nets? Yes, they're unseemly. Yeah, they're, it's, they're, um, they're. Who cares if they're on a golf course? What do you care? But as a as a as a boundary no. between the golf course and the road or a housing development, the trees are far prettier than a net. Right. Sheesh. The word doesn't mean anything anymore. No, it's it's taken a step uh, in the wrong direction. One one further step in the wrong direction with this. And if you were trees to bring, if you were to go over there and chop down one of those trees, and bring it in your house, mm-hmm. you got to give it a bath. I'd give it a bath before you. Yeah. Mold first. bugs. Garage Mr. logic uh, will oh, return. Yeah, wait a sec. We got a little teaser. Uh, Johnny, I'm sure we'll have more of this in the news segment, but uh, we have breaking news out of Senator Al Franken's office. He's not going to resign. His office is saying he will resign on January second. Well, I'll believe it. Does that have anything to do with being still being a senator in 2018? For I, some, I have no like idea. A pension reason or anything like Who that? Who knows? Or? Who knows? Say, we'll be back shortly. Okay. But commencing garage logic segment number eight. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Light snow and 18 degrees. This update brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. Uh, the breaking news that Chris was telling you about earlier, I'll do that before I get to the sports. A release from Senator Al Franken's office said uh, that he will be resigning effective January 2nd from the U.S. Senate, and Lieutenant Governor Tina Smith will be sworn in on January 3rd. Gophers had 25 What do you think of that, sir? Are you staying an extra day? <laughs> Uh, does that have some effect on your pension, for example? Uh, I have um, guys, uh, uh, lawyers looking into it. And I think if I'm um, in office in 2018, uh, I do get uh, paid for two days. So um, well, that's not really a pension. But first, it'd be a holiday. Well, then in time and a half. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm kind of sticking it to it's Minnesotans yeah. for um, two days in two, uh, 2018. All right. Thank you. But I did vow. Um, Are you I, return? I vow to return to the great state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Just you. not right away. Thank you. Yep. I should well, hold on. I got to send an email to Hauser and Coles that was not Senator Franken appearing not on the yeah, show. Yeah, and if you tell uh, uh, who's your guy, the guy that jumps out of bushes, uh, Jay Coles, um, <laughs> tell him that 
I uh, I'm not flashing gang signs. Right. So this is uh, <laughs> this is inaccurate. I have not flashed I a gang sign. I understand. And it's yeah. good. Sports uh, headlines. The Gophers had 25 future football players sign a national letters of intent early this morning because it's National Signing Day. Coach P.J. Fleck held a news conference shortly after, calling it a special day for the Gophers program. Among the items Fleck noted, the Gophers ranked 26th nationally in the 247sports.com's composite ratings after signing the class. Although that ranking will change during the signing period as other schools sign players. The Gophers also have their highest ranked offensive line, defensive line, and wide receiver classes during the Internet era. Timberwolves in action. as is, yeah. our, as uh-huh. is our custom. Yes. Is it line one? Yes, sir. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, Joe. Yes. I love the show, but um, I, I'm taking. Uh, you got to. You got to stop. Stop with Franken thing. I don't know uh, who, who who is he calling in. How are you? How are you talking to this guy? Oh, you uh, you completely misunderstood. <laughs> Have a little respect for the office. No, a little respect no, for the office. No, I said, here's what I said. Going on here. here, here sitting Senator Joe. Stop. Here's what I said. You call as Franken to be disappointed. You, you just called as a random person. I told Hell. Rook, I said, now call. Yeah. See if we can do it this time. Okay. What, what line? What, what? I believe uh, with all this technology... I think so. You call as a regular one. guy. Well, that guy was mad that that know, you were talking he... to Frank. Hello. Uh yeah. Uh, hi, Joe. <laughs> yes. Um, I. Uh, Who is this? Uh, the Senator Franken. Yes. Um, uh, somebody calling and pretending to be uh, Senator Franken. Yes. Uh, who? This is where I want you to do yeah. the first. <laughs> yeah, and this, uh, you know, it's not funny. Um. Misrepresentation of a uh, sitting senator yeah. is uh, probably That's... some kind of misdepend- misdemeanor somewhere. Misdependent, yes. Yeah, I, you know, like you're pretending, and that's impersonation. Right. And impersonating an imposter is probably, you, uh, you go to jail for that. So I don't know what, um, Thank what, you. what you're trying to Thank figure you. out here. <laughs> yeah, God bless you. Yeah. Here's John Hyde. Thanks, Joe. Timberwolves in action tonight. They're on, the road. Yeah. Gotcha. They're on the road to play the Nuggets in Denver. Sometimes uh, when you leave that little piece of meat, the, the breadcrumb, you got to... I know, I know. I mean, just pound it right into me. I know, I know. Uh, news notes from the day today. Uh, as we've already told you, we'll tell you once more. Uh, Al Franken. But don't call. That's all right. Al you don't Franken. have to call. You don't have to call this time, Al. Uh, Al will be resigning January 2nd from his Senate post, and uh, Tina Smith will be sworn in on January 3rd. Minatrista homeowners are pulling the plug on a popular holiday light display. Isn't that something, John? Yeah, citing problems with rowdy party buses and other visitors. According to a Facebook post, the homeowners who have contributed to the display cannot allow this type of chaos out of respect to our neighborhood. Homeowners in the area said people aboard the party buses, which have been touring residential light displays, will enter residents' yards and cause commotion. You know, I understand uh, a good drink as much as the next fellow. Sure. <laughs> but it's never occurred to me. <laughs> sure. They get hammered and go, look at, us. go and look at Christmas lights. That's never occurred well, to me. Why you know? would you walk into somebody's yard? Yeah. If you're going to look at them, look at them. But why would you just and wander And five will get yard? you ten. You know, you got to relieve yourself at some point.
He's probably putting up with that, too. Unless you're wearing a diaper. That's right, a diaper. <laughs> An adult diaper. Diaper. The uh, Post states the display could return D-I-P-A-H. A diaper. Right. <laughs> diaper. Oh. A diaper. Yes. Uh, hello, Joe. Yes. This is Rick from Harlingen calling back. Oh, from Harlingen, Texas, yes. Oh, yes, and a Merry Christmas to you. And same, you same to you. I just wanted to call back. I had... Um, I had I practiced this. Uh, we had a Christmas party last year, or pardon me, last week. Yes. And I, I tried this joke on uh, several of my relatives and uh, down here in Harlingen, mm-hmm. and uh, and they I thought it was rather funny. So I, if I may, I know it's news time. You have your own customs, but um, I would really like to try this one out. Uh, it'll just give me. Is it a long one? Uh... No, a short one, but it'll give me a little um, a little pep going into the Christmas season All for right. my cocktail parties. All right. There's a man that went to the doctor, and he, uh, the doctor said, well, we have some good news, and we have some very bad news. And uh, it's the good news and the bad news. And, well, the patient said, well, doc, why don't you give me the bad news first, and then I will take the good news. He's sharing a room with a, a gentleman uh, about his same size and height, there's a double room, and the doctor says, well, here's the good news and the bad news. Bad news first is uh, we are going to have to take both of your arms and both of your legs. Mm-hmm. So you are going to be left uh, without arms and legs, and that uh, that's that's the bad news. I'll say. That's pretty bad. Uh, yes, sir, it is. And uh, the, the man, uh, uh, he thinks about this, and says, oh, there possibly couldn't be any good news. My limbs are all gone. And he says, well, Doc... I got the bad news. Go ahead and give me the good news. And he says, the good news is the man next to you would like to buy your slippers. and bad news, so he, we got why is it always amputee jokes, too? I don't know. He's very Why is it always amputee that? stuff? <laughs> fellow next to you, buy your slippers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> buy your slippers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, okay, then. Yeah. Okay, Rick, right. you keep calling back anytime you have a... Uh... Must have been really nice slippers, I bet. Well, you know what? He made some progress. He made some progress, didn't he? Shoes, shoes. I can see. Slippers. What are they worth? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> Always good to hear from Rick. Yeah, Rick, keep trying. Uh, that uh, you got more mileage out of that one than you did the other two, I think. Johnny, uh, yeah. The celebration almost over. Yeah. Follow that one up, Johnny. Nine celebration <laughs> this hour at the White House, where President Trump, GOP leaders of Congress, and legislators speaking about the passage of the Republican tax bill, doing it on the steps of the White House. The bill passed again today by the House after approval from the Senate. Last night, procedural matters had brought it back before I'm sorry, Johnny. the House. It's okay. 
It's all right. Really? Yeah. That's uh, more Joe or? You know, our guy, uh, our guy, our yeah. leader upstairs, Mr. Yes. Hubbard. Yes. Uh, we were told he went to a Christmas party at the White House. I don't think that's a secret. Oh, no. Right? No. But he, he said he never met the president. Why again? Remember? Because oh, that's right. Yeah, no, that's, seriously, true yes, story. Yes. Because the president was uh, having his picture taken with people, presumably for a fee, right? <laughs> and he said, basically, what he said is, "The hell with it. I'm not standing in line for a picture." With no, the guy. no. Right. He, he came home, to. and he came home. I would have too. Yeah. I, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, is Dave Dahl ready? He is. All right, just a moment. <laughs> Stereo. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We still have some light stone flurries across eastern Minnesota, and it is causing a little bit of a slick road condition out there, so be careful for that. It's going to slow you down a little bit for the afternoon commute. 18 for the current temp. Our temps will actually rise a little bit, up to about 20, and they'll remain stationary throughout most of the night, so steady at about 20 degrees for the overnight temp. And those light snow and flurries will taper off and end, it looks like, after about 8 p.m. tonight. And then some more light snow develops just in time for the morning commute. That could slow you down, morning and afternoon. During the day tomorrow, one to four inches of snow. One inch to two inches in most areas. I think three to four in the far southern parts of the metro. And as much as five to six, you get down around Rochester, down toward the Iowa border. The snow will taper off a little bit to just flurries on Friday as the colder air moves in. Friday's high, 22. Saturday, we're looking at a high of only 12 above. And then 10 on Sunday. And for Christmas Day, a high of only four above. We're going to have some scattered flurries, it looks like, Sunday into Monday. And then next week, it stays cold with highs in the single digits above zero and overnight lows in the teens below zero most of next week. 18 right now, Joe. Uh, temperature is pretty much steady the rest of tonight, and I have the records for the day. December 20. 51 on this date. 51. In 1967. In 1967. I remember that. You do. Vaguely. <laughs> 24 below zero. 24 below. In 1916. In 1916. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. You've seen the, uh, back to some Christmas notes, uh, Christmas is approaching, isn't it? Yes, it is. Very, just around the corner. And tomorrow, December 21st. That's the special day for the Royal Order of the 21sters. I'm going to look at your sunset times while you speak. Four something? 448 mm-hmm. maybe? Oh, you know that already. Well, you know, break out the grill. And put on the shorts. Uh, for 21sters, it's spring tomorrow. Today, 434. Yep. And then tomorrow on the 21st, yep. it's still 434. But it's the shortest day of the year, right? Right. And then we turn the corner on the 22nd, we gain, what is it? A couple uh, seconds. Two seconds. Yep. And then from then on, it's your bam. home. Your home. You're, you are springtime, bro. I am because I'm a 21sters. Right. You're a normal person. But that being said, being a normal person, that does help me get over the hump of uh, I'm really glad that uh, that the days are getting longer. You've seen the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, yes, I love that movie. Right. Who was the hero of that movie? This might be revisionist history given the times we live well, in. Well, uh, the angel Clarence, I would say. Well, that that's the answer some people give. Okay. What about the director of social media? Uh, that's who I would have said. <laughs> Clarence? I would have said George. Okay. Yeah, you, I, that would be my second choice. Mm-hmm. Let me see who's uh Not telling Ernie us. the Cop. Uh, no. Uh, who wrote this? Or maybe it was Bert the Cop, and Ernie was the, it was Ernie the, sh- the, uh, the barkeep? 
Well, do you know, uh, according to this piece, I'm trying to figure out, it's a Fox News piece written by Paul Batura. Mm. Uh, as I say, it could be revisionist history, but I'm willing to go along with it. Uh, the real hero is Mary Hatch Bailey, played by Donna Reed. That wow. Mary's the hero. Never thought of it that way. Well, she's patient. Okay. George and Mary are about to head off on their honeymoon, just as there's a run on the Bailey building and loan. They have to cancel their trip to New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead, they had to spend their savings to keep the business afloat. Uh, Mary doesn't complain. She's pledged to be his wife for richer or poorer, and she accepts that sacred vow. Mm-hmm. Donna Reed, very, very, not very hard to look at. Mary is long-suffering. Mm-hmm. They have to live in a dilapidated, uh, drafty old house. Where the handrail doesn't keeps popping off. She never lets on uh, that she's disappointed. She gets to work on making the rickety house a home. <laughs> Later, when George foregoes a big pay cut by declining an offer to sell the business to Mr. Potter, Mary doesn't criticize his idealism. Are you talking about my wife in here? <laughs> Instead, she throws herself into the care and nurturing of her children. She's content. Mary is responsible. With World War II raging and her husband deferred from service due to his poor hearing. Remember, he had the, he went through the ice as a kid, remember? Right. Uh, Mary uh, eagerly volunteers to do her part for the country despite being a busy mother of four. We see Mary running a local branch of the USO. I don't recall that part. Mary is a woman of prayer. Uh, when George, stressed over missing the eight grand he owes Potter, rages red hot and hurls insults in every direction on Christmas Eve, it's Mary who keeps her cool. After George storms out of the house, is that when he goes on a bender and Clarence saves him? Uh, yes, yeah. that's when he goes on a bender, goes to the bridge. Mary urges the children to pray for their father. She prays too and also gets to work. Mary is a woman of quiet action. Why don't you do this? No, you're basically describing my wife. Not really. Oh, I why do you, do you even feel the need to, to butter that up right now? Yeah, I think so. God almighty. Uh, it would be easy to sulk and sour in the midst of the family's traumatic day, but after urging the children to pray, Mary immediately picks up the phone and rallies the help of family and friends. That, maybe, why maybe, don't you put in your plug? No, I think, that, I think it ends there. I think it ends there. <laughs> At a time in history when popular culture is being reminded again about the importance of respecting women, the many positive attributes of Donna Reed's seven-decades-old character affirms anew what William Ross Wallace first wrote in 1865. The hand is quicker than the eye. <laughs> the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. The hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. I just said that. Yep. Heroism manifests itself in many forms in the overlooked or understated people of this world, most especially spouses who sit outside the spotlight and mothers who sacrifice on a daily basis. For their children. Christmas is a wonderful time. To remember that greatness often comes quietly, as it did in the form of a helpless baby to another quiet woman named Mary. I agree with you, Joe. <laughs> we almost no, made it to we the almost end. Of made the show. it to the end. I thought I did pretty good here. I don't want to get fired. The hand Christmas. that. <laughs> 
Rocks the cradle. Because rocks the cradle yeah. will make the cookies. Right. So, uh, yes, it's being put forward here by uh, uh, Paul Batura as vice president of communications at Focus on the Family. His latest book is Choose, uh, is Chosen for Greatness, How Adoption Changes the World. And he's he's decided that that Mary is the hero of the movie. Ha. And she wasn't an old maid. Well, she was at some point in the in the film. Well, yeah, but that was with her life without George. Has that been on yet this year? I have I've yet to see that. It used to be It's a Wonderful Life was run throughout, and now A Christmas Story has replaced that. Okay. Any uh, any other sayings that you? No, I'm. You're pretty good. Pretty well done. Those that know the hand. That's right. Well. Don't tell me no lies. Yeah. Who's filling in for Patrick? Got the one and only Scott Korzanowski. I think the only thing going on is a Timberwolves game, right? At Denver? I believe so. Uh, I'm not not feeling for the Wolves. I won last night. I didn't think they would. I was in the role of Patrick, I guess, huh? I watched them. Uh, we watched that. Uh, I didn't see any of it. Two or three periods I watched. Mm-hmm. We did all right. Yeah, Timberwolves at Denver. And then Timberwolves are at Phoenix on Thursday and at the Lakers on Christmas. So they must just stay out west rather than try to come home for Christmas, huh? Yeah, I don't, Christmas games with the NBA. Doesn't, I know they're on, but they don't really do much 1500 for me. 1500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 19.